This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is on Yom Teruah by myself. And you can hear all of our Shabbat messages wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You can also subscribe to my dad's weekly essays that he writes if you put your email in the little email subscribe box. And as always, our theme music is by my buddy Evan Shaw. His website is evanshawmusic.com. Enjoy. Mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does All right, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Today is Yom Teruah, day of trumpets or more technical shouting, noise, blowing, whatever you want to term it as. So we'll have a special message for today. Uh, so if you want to go to Exodus, dun, 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 dun. Bum, bum. 19. I guess that would help if I told you where you were going. Exodus 19. So when we were up on Kearsarge last night and we talked a little bit about Yom Teruah, um, like I said, there's not a whole lot really that the Bible tells us about it as far as like what we're supposed to do and or what it necessarily relates to. So you're getting what I think it relates to today. (laughs) Which I think there's good, good biblical basis for, because um, most of the well, so all the festivals are attached to, and and so much of biblical scripture is is related to when Israel came out of Egypt, because that was when they were they were born as a corporate nation, and they went to the mountaintop and they received the covenant uh, on Mount Sinai from God, and the Ten Commandments, and became kind of a corporate people. Uh, and it set the model for what was going to happen for all God's people corporately as well as individually when, um, when they came out of Egypt with the lamb and the blood and what Yeshua is and going through the Red Sea and then going to the mountain and receiving instructions and a new culture and a, you know be, becoming a, a people. Uh, and so it's a... It's, critical really that story and I think that part of the what the festivals do is always not part of a lot of what the festivals always brings back to is that very uh, those very things because uh, there's the three pilgrimage festivals which were Passover first fruits and um, Sukkot and you and they were also all tied to the food in the land what what uh, was what God gave them to eat because Basically, if they kept his word, they would be blessed, and the rain would fall, and the crops would grow. And if they didn't, the rain wouldn't fall, and the crops wouldn't grow, and they would starve, and they would have problems. And and you see this when you read scripture play out all all through Israel's history. And, um, and it's no different today. 
Um, so, with all of that kind of in mind, we'll kind of talk about Yom Teru here. So, Yom Teru is the Feast of Trumpets, and it's the first of the fall, three fall holidays. You have Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, and then you have uh, Sukkot, or Festival of Booths. And um, Sukkot was... Um, was a pilgrimage festival. Everybody would go up to Jerusalem, build, build sukkahs, and, and dwell in, in, in Jerusalem for a week. And uh, at least all the men would. And, um, and then they would go back from wherever you were. And uh, so Yom Teruah is, is, I believe, the kind of the heralding of that fall festival season, calling the people to attention, calling the people to remembrance, to set their hearts and their lives right as you go forth into uh, 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 Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and then, uh, and then Sukkot. And so we're going to read Exodus 19. And uh, what happened, I believe, and what, what we're supposed to be remembering when they were at Mount Sinai and they heard the, the trumpet blow long and loud and it called them to attention to receive uh, the word, word of God, basically, in the covenant. So we'll pray, and then we'll read that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, for this time to be together, uh, to learn and read from your word, and uh, I pray that you would just instill it in our hearts, and our minds, and our lives, and that we would do it, obey it, go forth, and, and spread your message to the world, and that um, people would repent and turn to you, and that uh, we would be blessed accordingly. So I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this day of trumpets. And uh, you shoot his name, I pray. Amen. All right, so chapter 19. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and Jehovah called unto him out of the mountains, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak to the children of Israel. And Moses came and called the uh, el- called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which Yahweh uh, commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto Yahweh. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Lo, I am come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto Jehovah. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Go unto the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day Jehovah will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. There shall not an hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be a beast or a man, it shall not live. And when the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount 
And then the people sanctified the people. They washed their clothes and said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because Yehovah descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. Then the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder. And Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And Yehovah came down upon Mount Sinai and on the top of the mount, and Yehovah called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And Yehovah said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto Yehovah to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also, which come near to the Yehovah, sanctify themselves, lest Yehovah break forth upon them. Moses said unto Yehovah, the people, cannot, uh, uh, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. For Yehovah charged us, saying, Set bounds upon the mountain, sanctify it. And Yehovah said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests of the people break through to come, upon, come up unto Yehovah, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. So there you have it. You have... Uh, and then, and then it goes, and you get the next. God speaks, and He gives them the Ten Commandments. And it was an audible thing that He spoke, so that all the people could hear. Everybody gathered around the base of the mountain, and the trumpet sounded long, calling the people to attention, calling them uh, ahead. And and later on in the Torah, you'll read too, where uh, trumpets are, are sounded. Um, and blown as a way to like gather people, sound an alarm. Um, when they run around Jericho, you know, shouting for there's something happening. There's something happening. Sorry, I'm always breaking it. Uh, and so something's going on. Something's happening of importance, and it calls the people to attention. So they're to come. They're to be clean, cleansed, three days, purified, not to go near their wives. Come forward. And they've already said, all that you say, we will do. So they have made the promise. They've entered into covenant. They've committed themselves. And now the pure word of God is going to come to them and, uh, and teach them how they shall live. Because they have all come out of Egypt. They've been 400 years there speaking Egyptian, walking like an Egyptian, talking like an Egyptian. <laughs> and so now... They're a mishmash of everything. They are a mixture. You know, they've heard the stories of old, the promises of old, but now they've been redeemed by a mighty hand. They've seen the wonders and the plagues in Egypt, and they now are at Mount Sinai. Now they're getting their constitution, their heritage, their culture, their practices, who they are as a new nation, how they will live, what they will do, everything from where they go to the bathroom to what days they take off, what days they work, uh, how they treat their servants, how they treat their animals, how they speak, how they engage with their God, how they worship Him and serve Him, how they treat each other, everything. I mean, when you think about it, it's a, it's a complete uh, manual and guidebook to life, basically, as a culture. And so... Uh, you know, and it was designed eventually to be lived out in the land with, um, you know, proper leadership. 
Um, and so that's part of the difficulty is we uh, uh, living here in the USA and trying to keep an ancient agrarian culture meant to be lived out on the coast of the Mediterranean uh, find it somewhat challenging <laughs> and different. And it feels unattached to anything. Uh, and that's because we are not where we're supposed to be. We are in exile. We are in punishment. You know, this is not good. We are uh, in timeout for the sins of our forefathers, whether we like it or not. And as David repented for the sins of his, uh, Daniel repented for the sins of his fathers, we should do the same uh, because we uh, are reaping those consequences. So that is, I believe, what the sound of the trumpet is supposed to call us to remember is that time when our forefathers spiritually stood at the base of the mountain and they heard from God and they promised and said, all that you say we will do just as we have done. And then that leads into, okay, now that you commit, here's what we do going forward. All right, now go to Matthew chapter 24. Oh, nice. Oh, look that up. Free food. Uh, all right, and we're going to read Matthew 24. This is Yeshua speaking. And there's debate as to whether or not this ties into Yom Teruah or not. If you think so, great. If you don't, I don't care. Uh, it doesn't. Part of it. I mean, I think. I think it's interesting either way. I think that uh, to me it would make sense that Yeshua might. Uh, that. I mean, there's always significant things prophetically that happen around the festivals, and when Yeshua came. Uh, and died and crucified and was buried, it was all tied to the Passover season and, and what was happening around there. And, uh, and I don't think it's going to be any different when he comes the second time. It's going to be, I believe, attached to the fall festival. Fall festivals. How exactly? I don't know. But it's pretty cool nonetheless. So we'll read this and um, wrap it up. So Matthew 24, we're going to start in, in verse, we're going to start in verse 29. All right, so immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When this branch is yet tender and porteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of the day and the hour, no man... no. Knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that there were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day of Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. 
Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made rule over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him a portion with the hypocrites, and there shall weeping, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I just love reading what Yeshua <laughs> spoke because it's so uh, stark and black and white, and just he doesn't mince words and he he doesn't sugarcoat anything, and. Um, so you have this, this the um, the angels descending with a with a great shout. If I can find uh, where that was, uh, whatever. Anyway, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh yeah, he shall send his angels with a great shout of a trumpet. So is that Yom Trua? I don't know. But it's kind of interesting. Either way, the sound of a trumpet is the beginning or the marking or the heralding of something happening important to call God's people to attention. But what I what I think is important in all this, because it's, you know, we get hung up of, on a lot of the different details. Two shall be in the field, one taken and the other left. Um, you know, and who's, who's left behind and who's taken and, uh, you know, all these different things. But... I think the whole point of what Yeshua is talking about here is when he gets to the end here is this faithful and wise servant. You know, who who is that person? Uh, you know, it says 46, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. And and it kind of like in the other parable where he gives, I think it's the parable of the talents, where he gives talents to the different um, servants. And, you know, they're supposed to occupy until he comes back. They're supposed to be industrious. They're supposed to produce fruit. They're supposed to be engaged in the tasks that God has given them to. And it's really easy to get wrapped up in um, prophetic end time events or whatever, all kinds of things. But the reality is in Hebraic thought and in biblical thought and what Yeshua is trying to teach his people is that the important thing is what are we doing to obey and serve God? What is our job right now here today that we are responsible for individually as people that then will corporately join together in one corporate entity as the people of Israel of God? And if all of us individually would do as we're supposed to, be obedient to him, know his word, study it, do it, work on ourselves, you know, take care of our families, do our jobs properly, uh, be obedient as the word, be honest, you know, have good moral character. All these basic things that are the underpinnings of the fabric of a society and that make things function as a whole, uh, if we will do and be what we're supposed to be on a daily basis, everything will fall into place. It's really easy, honestly, to get animated and excited about things that we can't control, basically. 
uh, who the president is or whatever, or, you know, all these different things and rant and rave and, and spout things off. And we all do it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't discuss things and be aware of what's going on in the world around us. But more importantly is what's inside each of our hearts that no one actually can see that we don't talk about and tell people about because we all know our own weaknesses and we all know our own flaws. You know, am I a good dad? Did I say something nasty to my wife? You know, did I make time for, uh, to read my Bible? Did I uh, treat clients honestly? Did I um, speak up and say something when I should have? You know, those are the things that actually really matter on a day-to-day basis, honesty, integrity, diligence, discipline, faithfulness, love, kindness, um, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. And so I think that's what Yeshua is more concerned with. Not whether or not we can cipher out, you know, who's going to be left, who's going to be taken. If you're doing what you're supposed to, you'll be the good guy in the end, you know, and not get hung up on all that. So I think in this season of Festival of Yom Teruah, as we head into especially Yom Kippur, and we kind of take stock and we look back and we, we evaluate ourselves. It's so important to not get wrapped up in uh, uh, th- um, theological grandness. And not that all of that isn't important. And, you know, uh, what's the, what did in Christianity, what did they used to call systematic theology? You know, having your systematic theology correct. You know, that's Greek thinking. Like, Greek thinking is, do you think correctly about a topic? And that's what people debate and argue about. You know, I really care about what Kevin thinks. And thinking does matter. Your mind does matter. But it's more, what is an individual doing in their, in their individual lives? How often do we hear about pastors that, you know, have confessed and believe and have the right thing? Well, their life, life is a disaster on the back end. And then stuff comes out that they were doing shady business deals or had an affair or all kinds of horrible things or their marriage fell apart. Uh, you know, those things are more important than did he, uh, you know, did he sight the moon or was it the conjunction, you know? It's like, I don't really care anymore, to be perfectly honest. You think it's conjunction? Great, you know, go for it. These things do matter and I believe that collectively as the body of Messiah, we do have the answers. Uh, we just can't get out of our own way because we're all individuals in full of sin. And so if we would work on those things, if we would take this time to hear the trumpet, to remember our place at that base of the mount and the trembling terror of God that, and, and looking forward in 10 days to Yom uh, Kippur where the sin of the people is placed onto an innocent animal or, or Yeshua and that is sent to destruction and we would eat a, bit, a little bit of humble pie and, and allow God to work in ourselves and then to then be built up in the strength of his word to go and do what we're supposed to do, I think we would be more effective and more balanced and more wholesome as a people and a community. Because um, there's always room for improvement and each of us knows uh You know, we are duplicitous in our minds, and we all know that. And so we always have to be working on who and what we are, honestly, before God. And that's why he gave us his word to define those things. So.
Anyway, all right, let's pray and then we'll break. Help me, Father God, again, and I thank you for this time and this day and your word and the Shabbat and Yom Teruah and that we get to hear the sound of the shofar and we get to remember uh, when our forefathers stood at the base of the mountain and, and as Moses said, it is not you, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher it, it's not, you know, anyways, but that the covenant gets renewed to every generation. It is, it is, it's not passed down through blood it's not received through osmosis. It has to be renewed at every generation. And as they stood at the mountain, so we each stand at the mountain and we hear your word and we then have to respond, God. And I thank you for that. And I just pray that um, we would remember all these things and act accordingly and that you would work in our hearts and lives to uh, grow and be as we should your people, strengthened in your word to go forth and do what you would have us do. In Yeshua's name, amen. Hey.